Welcome to the Strength Rehab Podcast. Join your hosts, Raul Axmayer and Brandon Parker, as they discuss the latest information regarding the health and fitness industries. Topics include sports performance, physical rehab, and of course, general health. Remember, this is the podcast where science meets practice. What is up, guys? Thank you for tuning in once again. Before we dive into the episode, we want to give a huge shout out to our podcast sponsor, Built by Strength. They are an awesome sports nutrition company and all of their supplements are third party tested to make sure there are no banned substances. So make sure to check them out if you're looking for some great supplements and you can use the code strength.rehab15 to get 15% off on any of the supplements. What's up guys? This week on the podcast, we had Dr. Can. He graduated when COVID hit, so all his plans kind of went south. So he talked to us about how he was able to pivot and keep a positive mindset. Enjoy. What's up, man? Uh, tell us your story. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So my name is Dr. Cameron Galampour. I am a chiropractor. I own Strength and Spine Chiropractic, and I treat out of Palm Harbor, Florida, anywhere between Clearwater, Florida, and Tampa, Florida. So yeah, I graduated March 27th. Uh, so that's the uh, same week. Everything shut down over here. I was supposed to open up out of a CrossFit gym locally, pretty much got down to signing the lease. Gave us two days after everything shut down to sign it, and we said hell no, and got on pretty bad terms with him, and then he listed the space. Things went all downhill from there. Um, then my girlfriend is a chiropractor, and we were going to open a practice out of a CrossFit gym. Our um, new patient, 30-minute, every other patient, more rehab, manual therapy base as well, uh, best part about working in a gym we were gonna you know use all their equipment treat all their uh, all the people that go do some seminars get a lot of people and then COVID happened and stuff hit the fan been fun since but I mean I got a uh, quite a few horror stories and quite a few success stories but typically this horror stories are what people want to hear first so <laughs> Now, when it, when it comes down to it, like you mentioned, the um, I would say the prototypical approach for somebody that wants to maybe go cash-based when it comes to the rehabilitation space of rehab, right, and clinicians of the sort. Um, as you mentioned, the guy kind of shafted you. What was your next plan when that didn't happen? Uh, so I felt like a college dude at 3 a.m. trying to hit up girls. I was firing <laughs> off emails and DMs to gym owners all over. I mean, I couldn't tell you how many gyms that I double messaged, you know, just cause I was like, Oh wait, this looks good. I should have made a, I was so focused on, okay, we got to you know, go you know, start all over again and look for mm -hmm. a place. You know, there was a period of like moping around and like, Oh my God, I already announced it, which was stupid of me um, going from there. And then I don't take crap from anyone. So me and the guy were, you know, going back and forth on Facebook messenger and everything, which, you know, screw that guy, but, but there's always a, but I'll, I'll get to that in, in a little bit, but, yeah, I mean, we tried, we tried finding spaces and then we got some hits and we got super excited and some people just completely cut us off and mm -hmm. just never messaged us back. I would send them two, three emails, call them, text them, you know, nothing. Uh, some people didn't even bother. I got put on red several times on Instagram oh, DMs. So yeah. And then again, some, but the good ones, they will, they will always be there. And again, like I said, I, in total, I probably reached out, I want to say, anywhere between 25 to 30 gyms mm, wow. maybe had a 10 percent, you know callback ratio or email <laughs> ratio so you're currently working like three different jobs right yes yeah so i work uh 
<clears throat> 20 hours of the joint. Yeah. So I do the rock <laughs> and crack stuff there, but Hey man, they Saturday and Sundays, I give up my weekends to, to at least get some money and I work 10 hours at orange theory. Um, get a lot of crap for that, but I work 10 hours and I get 401k and health insurance. So I can't say no to that. Damn. All I do is just scream at old ladies to run yeah. faster. <laughs> I do the shoulder shimmy while I'm listening to the music. Um, yeah. And then I try and run the practice. So the joint, they call me in you know, every now and again. So I'll end up working 30, 40 hours for them on top of that some weeks. And then the rest of the time I put towards my practice and we do mobile stuff. And if someone calls me, you know, I'll free up my schedule and I'll make it work. I've seen people at 8 PM on a Sunday uh, and I've seen people as early as 7 a.m. So, I mean, I'm, whenever someone needs me, I'm there. But, I mean, that's a, in regards to that, the whole practice thing, we had everything already. So we just, instead of letting all that money go to waste, you know, the website, the LLC, all that good stuff, we put it to good use and we keep it. And in regards to tax purposes, it's all the stuff that we bought for it. That's still a write-off. So, right. heck no, I wasn't going to waste that stuff. So. Definitely. Now, now, given like I'm, he told me a little bit about when you were coming here at Palmer that you were a very busy guy as well. I didn't you get your masters and you also were working here Worked as well. Worked as FPT, did a million things. Was a club officer. I mean, yeah. So for me, I was pretty active in school. Um, I remember being in second quarter, freaking out, like, oh my gosh, am I gonna have time to get a job? Like, I lost like five pounds in a week, just stressing out because there was a job at Anytime Fitness right next to school, and I like screw it I'm gonna interview and they offered it to me and I was like oh I'm not gonna have time but I took it and it was a great decision and I would I taught uh classes and personal trained before school and then taught classes and trained immediately after school so about six seven hours a day on top of school and then three months after starting the job I got a, a scholarship for full-time master's program through California University of Pennsylvania the biggest mouthful ever go Vulcan <laughs> um, yeah so I got a full scholarship for a master's program and then I went part-time on my master's and then I was involved in four different clubs on campus. So I was pretty busy and just loved to learn and love to help other people. So it woke me up and got caffeine, mm-hmm. a lot of caffeine. <laughs> just did my thing, man. I mean, you know, I ended up working 10, 15 hours a week, got my master's from what fifth quarter until I graduated in 10th quarter. Mm-hmm. So about half of school, I was also doing my master's. And I worked all but two quarters, so. Yeah, I remembered when I followed you, I saw those stories where you woke up like at three something a.m. And I was like, what the hell is wrong with this hey, guy? Hey, man, don't sell me short. It was 2.30, motivational call by 2.30. Exactly that. I was like, what's wrong with this guy? He's psychopath. And honestly, you know, I, I again, I got crap for the motivational quotes, too. I got, I got crap from a lot of people, but it, it gave me something to, it made me accountable. You know, yeah. like people would call me out. If they saw me on a weekday, not posting that. Hey, like they'd make fun of me. Like, Hey man, what happened? No quote today. It's like, LOL, dude, come on. Uh, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> but I, it literally, it held me accountable and I still do it. I woke up at three 30 in the morning and today I, I had to find a quote. I had to find something to post because I, it's not that I want people to know that I'm up that early. It's okay. Well, I'm up. I'm just sitting there drinking and what's, what's something that's going to start my day off strong. Mm-hmm. And then when, then when you talk about grinding, right, people waking up at 6 a.m., oh, hashtag grind. Okay, well, maybe, I guess. But, you know, when someone actually asks you, oh, do you, are you actually up at that time or are you just saying you wake up at that time? No, check my, check my gram, dude. I'm up. <laughs> How do you manage your time between school, boards, master's degree, 
the Cairo degree of, uh, of being a club officer. How, how did that work? Did you just do what you got to do when you got to do it? Yeah, that's it? I mean, for me, so one fun fact about me is I never write anything down. Same. I, I never put anything into a book or on a schedule or my phone, nothing. I just, it's, it's bit me in the butt a couple times, but I, you know, I just do what I got to do in regards to time management. Again, waking up early. I woke up that early so I could work out before I had my first client either at four or four thirty in the morning. Um, and then, you know, some clients, some days I had at five thirty, So I had a little extra time to work out and, you know, do a little studying. I got my master's stuff before Palmer or it's going to sound really bad while in class at Palmer. Um, <laughs> and then I did all my Palmer stuff. I studied for, for boards and everything else on my free time summer. I didn't go home at all because I couldn't anyways, because I had work. Um, so I just dedicated that time. I put a minimum of eight, nine hours in for boards and I do a lot. I do a lot, but I do a lot of little things every single day. Yeah. Not, I'm not one of those people that, you know, I was going to sit down and study for nine hours straight. I'm going to study intently for that one hour I have and then go do something else. Mm -hmm. um, plus a lot of naps. I'm, I'm one of those people I could nap five, 10 minutes and you would think that I just injected 600 milligrams of caffeine. <laughs> the so I feel like napping is an absolute superpower because I'm like, all right, here I go. I set up everything perfectly, take a nap. Boom, it's the next day. And I'm just like, oh, I feel like trash. <laughs> Ash, my classmates, uh, they, you know, they'll catch me sleeping in class. And again, that, that I'm sounding terrible. I'm paying attention to my other school while in class. You know, I'm, I'm sleeping in class. But that's why I despised Palmer. I, there was not a lot of kids who were very – they were not go-getters. They weren't – hard work I mean not all of them were hard workers or you know they all wanted all the the accolades the claim to fame and they didn't want to put in the work right so that's why I was very outspoken and not liked and I still hold that true and I'll still hold that one-star review true because a lot of the teachers did waste my time mm -hmm. paid a lot of money and they wasted my damn time so I put it somewhere else that's it for sure for sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the, feel the problem is, at least with the, the educational system, at least what I've witnessed is everybody's a, a system person where like they, they expect wherever they pay for formal education, they should know everything. And that's yeah. never the case where they're teaching for the boards, which is antiquated already. So yeah. like you graduated, even if you had a straight A's here, you're still like 20 years behind. Just read a, yeah. read a research article. You, yeah, of course. As you, yeah, as, as you implied that you, you've set your priorities correctly and you reap the benefits for that. Yeah. I mean, again, for me, you know, the, the best part about my master's was, I mean, I know you guys are reading research and, you know, writing all the stuff and putting all that great information out there. But for me, the nice part of was, was I got to literally get accolades from it because all we did was just argue. That's it. Being, especially being an online program. I mean, my degree is in exercise science and health promotion, but it's a focus on rehab sciences. So again, we got, we had a speed and strength training class. We had a rehabilitation class. I mean, granted it was under the scope of you know, strength conditioning and training. So you could only talk so much, but mm -hmm. there was actually a few other chiros on there too. So, you know, we would just go at it, but where's your citation? Oh, that's right. It's right there in the post because that was the damn assignment. So, <laughs> I mean, you know, for people that ask me, should I get one? Should I not? It depends. I mean, I see myself teaching one day, but mm -hmm. it was also more fun for me. Like I never... There were some assignments where I was like, man, this sucks because of the formatting. But then in regards to the actual topic, I mean, I was just typing away, you know, like Twitter fingers, but uh, about research articles. And, you know, now I feel behind because when you're working, it's I've 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 been there where it's like, OK, I'm, I have two hours. I just got home. 
do I want to sit down and read this 10 page paper or do I want to sit on my phone and have a beer and hang out with my girlfriend? For sure. Yep. For sure. So, I want to know a little bit more about your experience here in Cairo school because you said you're not, you're not the most liked and you didn't like Palmer a lot. And I know that you disagreed a lot with your uh, now colleagues or classmates, however you want to call them. How did you manage that? Like, how did you survive basically? Yeah. I mean, okay. So for, for me, the reason was, was, so I went to Florida state. I worked strength and conditioning there. When I got there, there was a week full of anatomy, science, NSCA, NASM, American college of sports medicine, all the, you know, the good stuff. You couldn't walk in there and say, no, Oh, do some pulsing squats or do some half reps or take this fit team. You could not do that. You would literally get fired and everybody was held accountable. Every, you know, there was always one guy better at this, 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 he had more of the research on that, on that. So it helped grow everybody. So when I got to Palmer, you know, I had a solid background in that stuff. And then I expected everybody, you know, so pumped. Everyone's going to be just like that. It's going to be great. We're going to talk doctor stuff, Cairo stuff. And then I was so disappointed <laughs> that they were so far and few between. And, you know, you know, again, like you guys, you can, I could spot that out instantly. Like, oh, these kids actually know what they're talking about. Like, these are kids I, I want to talk to. I want to learn more about, and, you know, they have room to grow. And, don't get me wrong, there are kids who want to know that stuff. They mm -hmm. just haven't had the formal training yeah. or they don't know where to start. But like, I remember being in a couple classes and literally like, what, what is this? Why does the rest of the world not say this stuff? Why is it just in Cairo's, like just in Cairo world, they're saying these claims. How does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so, oh, well, that's the philosophy of it. And here I am like, <laughs> but that sucks. I mean, yeah, I was, I'm a little bit more outspoken. I've always been that way. I mean, I would call out bosses at Florida State. Uh, you know, I would hold them accountable. Like, oh, you're going you're gonna to make us do this, but this is, like, why? Why? Don't be afraid to question something. Especially if you're paying all that money for it. Why can't I question that? Why can't I ask you to back your damn claim up? Don't look at me in the eye and say, you're going to bring the AIDS or whatever that stupid upper cervical study everyone in Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, again, why why do I have to feel uncomfortable to question that? That's it. I just, I did not care. And again, a lot of people didn't like me, but you know, all the people that I end up keeping around me, they're great people. So mm -hmm. not that you're a bad person. If we disagree, philosophically, <laughs> yeah, exactly. trust me. I, I will still hang out with you and look at you as a normal person, but in regards to certain expectations for clinical, you know, necessities or how I view, you know, patient care and all that stuff. I need a little bit more information about you on that topic. So, yep. Something I've seen her seen here and learned here is that at least the professors don't like to be questioned because I've questioned some of them. It, it wasn't the best reply or answer I could guess. I was like, you know what? <laughs> like, it's not even worth it. Sometimes it's what I want to say. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's. Well, there's know. two responses. There's the anger response that you just respond. Okay, I'm going to put this guy in his place, make him look bad which mm -hmm. I've done that and I regret almost every single time. And then there's the, I'm going to shut down and not say anything because I know I'm not going to get anywhere. And I'm sure there's probably plenty of other kids in your classes who may be thinking the same and you have no idea just because they've never said anything. Yep. So when we got to clinic, we were like, Oh, okay. I didn't know you're on the same team. Okay. Give me daps. And then it's like, where was this two and a half years ago yeah. when you could have been backing me up in these arguments? Oh no, I, I'm non-confrontational. I thought the same thing. I just never said anything. <laughs> so yeah and it's like you know it's they don't have to go home and message me like lol oh my god i love you you know give me i, I have the same ideals of you but at the same time you know 
questioning professors, it can go, again, very poorly or, you know, you're going to get very little out of them. So. Now, you referenced that, you know, people might be on the same team. And I just want to have a little bit more detail about how your ideal style of practices and quote unquote, what is that team look like or what does that team look like? Yeah, I mean, so for, again, my background in school, you know, again, starting with strength conditioning and a lot of a lot of the rehab stuff. But again, I was also, you know, in the club that taught how to adjust people and manual therapy and all that stuff. And, you know, that's what I saw Cairo when I was in a program at Florida State. And I was like, I love that stuff. And, you know, so my background is more in that. So in regards to how I treat, uh, again, 60 minutes with someone, obviously the in-depth history, the talking to them, explaining what the situation is, addressing some concerns, some, you know, how we can management giving them an idea of what the heck's going to happen. And then we typically do all the rehab and exercise first, again, more of a tool to try and teach them, Hey, and I'll say straight up, like my hands aren't magic. They're not going to do anything wonderful. Do not expect me to create some crazy response within one time of putting my hands on you. That's why I'm trying to give you a long-term plan of things to do. Mm-hmm. So the classic, you know, exercise focus, patient centered idea, which, you know, Jacob Harden, uh, he was, he was big into that. And again, he kind of, I had an appointment under him and that's what guided me towards that, even though when he was still in his myo detox days back then, <laughs> but then, yeah. And so, and then if, if someone needs a rub-a-dub-dub and a crunch, yeah, I'm going to do it. Uh, I mean, especially with those athletes that we were talking about earlier, yeah. if I go in there and I just in front of their strength coach and trainer, and if I tell them, no, you just need to do this exercise, they're going to, they're going to laugh me out of there because mm-hmm. especially especially with those athletes, that's what they're used to. They're used to all their requests being done. But on a regular person, you know, I typically have to talk them down from the Cairo ledge first, mm-hmm. you know, and then I typically adjust last. That is the last thing I do just for the sake of I'm teaching them. That is not my only tool in the box. That is another tool that mm-hmm. I choose to use, whether, whether I choose or don't choose to use it. And as well as some people just genuinely like that stuff. It's so weird how much people like being adjusted. <laughs> I, I mean, it, it falls in the line that like, you know, you're letting your patient earn the treatment. They're earning the adjustment. And for somebody that, like you mentioned with the NFL players or top notch athletes, that their job is to be physical. You given them more exercises might not have the same response as to somebody that's not doing a lot of activity to begin with. So yeah they're already earning their treatment per se. And that's why they're bringing you in to, to do so. And then obviously there could be rehab exercises that they could benefit from. But yeah, like, as you said, like, you know, if you said, don't do this treatment, just do this exercise, they're going to look at you like, are you a strength coach? Or are you a doctor? What are you doing here? You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I um, first question, Oh my God, you do that. Like, you know, all that stuff with exercise and rehab and stuff. I thought you're a chiropractor. Well, Again, that's just people just having the wrong idea or a previous chiropractic experience. And I've had that plenty of times already where it's patients that went to a chiropractor, they didn't like how they only adjusted them. And then, you know, they kind of know my exercise background and they start, we start doing it and they're, they're already seeing results and I haven't even put my hands on them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool in my eyes. So that's again, to provide that effect for them, that's sweet, but also to teach them like one thing I'm very bad at is getting someone to come to another appointment or for, to schedule another appointment, not for the sake of I have magic hands and I can get them done. But I put so much emphasis on them doing their homework 
you know, because again, I preach as a team. I look at myself as Gandalf or Yoda. I'm, I'm their guide. I'm not, you know, I'm not the ring that they're chasing. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that gets them to where they, or helps push them to where they need to be by themselves, right? An analogy, I don't know how much of a nerd or how much nerd you guys are, but like uh, Samwise Ganji and Frodo, mm-hmm. right? Without Gandalf guiding them, they would have had no yeah. idea where to go, right? Sure. But they did all the damn work. Granted, Gandalf came in with the eagles and everything every now and again, but same thing with Yoda and Luke Skywalker. Yoda came to the rescue every now and again, but Luke put in the rest of the work. So, sorry, I'm a huge nerd. No, is that like three analogies in a row? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's like it was all seamless. <laughs> it was seamless and great. That's why I was just like, wow, Lord he, of the Rings. He's, he's ready. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't throw a Marvel one in there, but <laughs> I was waiting for it. Their guides aren't aren't as crazy as the rest, but. If you don't know Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, I mean, come on. Yeah, you got some. You got a weekend ahead of you. Plenty of film time. <laughs> exactly. Now, uh, when you mentioned that, uh, you know, you you have a trouble bringing people back for another another appointment because you emphasize the homework. I'm sure that's almost like you have to like get them to like unlearn a lot of things. What does that communication look like? Because we we all know that communication is what's going to carry your business. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a sales pitch, number one. Um, and there's a way to do that the wrong, right and the wrong way. So, the tone of your voice, the confidence in what you say, how you say things. If you go about, yeah, I mean, this is maybe going to take one or two times. I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we see this stuff all the time. We're definitely going to, you know, we're going to try and get you on three times. We'll see where you are after that. We're going to space them out one to two weeks at a time. Again, I'll check in on you, make sure you're doing your homework. Uh, and then we go from there. So again, being cash-based, the hardest part is getting people in to break that cash barrier. Mm-hmm. But again, there's a higher value on the care. There's more time as well as there's more of a surcharge um, just because it's more quality care. But to get them to understand that, first I address, I'm not a rack and crack three times a week the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And again, I know that sounds terrible, but there's so many people that actually have had that. A couple of my best friends, before they called me, I grew up with them. And they've gone to places where they try to charge them $3,000 for a low back strain. Oh, man. Um, I mean, the place that I was at for three days, it was either five, ten, dollars or $15,000 care plans. There was no other option. And that was because, you know, well, I'll say that story in a second, but that was because of COVID. I took that job in hopes I needed money for a year, and then I was going to go from there. But to answer your question, again, it's more of, again, another analogy that I like is I know cars and humans aren't the same things, but when you go get an oil change and then they come out with a huge list of stuff, you're like, nah, man, I don't want that stuff. But if they gave you idea that, Hey, I'm also going to check this out, check this out beforehand. And then gave you just a little bit of insight of what to, what they're going to do, what you should expect or what you can expect. That's potentially going to be there. Then, and they come back, chances are you're like, Oh, well, I was expecting that. So you're more likely to buy into it rather than just that random 15 checklist <laughs> thing of this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. So, or you need to buy this, this, and this. So again, just giving them some sort of insight. Again, we can't say response wise, you're going to get better in one treatment. You're going to get better in three or five, but mm-hmm. there's expectations there. And as long as you have those expectations set and you and the patient agree on them, you should be fine. Yeah. Now you mentioned a run in here with a guy that wants to charge five, 10, $15,000 treatment plans. Yes. So I'm going to say no names, uh, of course, but, yeah, so after everything fell through with COVID, uh, you know, we had that phase of just drinking and being sad. And then I was like, 
again, I started firing off resumes once none of the gyms hit me back up. I was like, I'll just check out some jobs for a year and go from there. This guy, he lied his butt off to me, told me, oh, yeah, you can definitely do all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. He was more of a PI clinic. There's a guy in there. He works for the Olympics. He's an independent contractor. He works for archery, fencing, um, sniping, like all the weird sports. So he's gone like six months out of the year. And, you know, I was like, oh, well, he's in there, so I can definitely take over for, for when he's gone. But then, basically, I learned the hard way. Uh, I got lied to. I mean, it was an image, every single person, full spine. It was, uh, you know, adjust everything, your scare tactics, sales. Um, so what put me over the top, again, well, money-wise, if I wanted to be making $75,000, $80,000 a year, I would have taken that job. Because at first, a new grad, I was like, oh, heck, heck yeah, I can do this for a year. You know, I'm going to push through. Uh, especially once everything hit the fan, they were still up and running. And that contract looked pretty solid to me. Mm-hmm. But then uh, we were in with the patient. Again, I kind of was already stressing out, already thinking, man, it's just going to be a grind here. I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm going to get off Facebook, social media. Nobody's going to know I'm working here. You know, I don't want to embarrass <laughs> myself. Then he looked at a lady at her x-ray. Uh, he said there was minor hip OA and that if she didn't sign up for the $10,000 care plan, she'd never be able to run in her life. And she was a chronic, like not chronic, but she had run marathons, half marathons all the time. So the lady started crying and literally took off her shoes and said, I'm done. Let's do this. And I went home and I, I came home and I wanted to throw up. I didn't sleep that three days, guys, I lost five pounds. I was so stressed out. So I just, I, I'm not gonna lie. I told my, I had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I got out of it <laughs> uh, because this, this guy, you know, he had told, you know, he had kind of started yelling at me after he found out that I was, you know, not, I didn't like x-raying every patient already. So there was also, and he's like, Oh, I know every lawyer in here. So, you, you know, already he was kind of, uh, I was just nervous, right? Yeah. This is the real world. So I was like, okay, so whatever. And then I called him a couple weeks later. I was like, Hey man, I found some other opportunities. I'm going to go for it. And then he was upset and that's it. And I got uh, another terrible story. This guy, I'm going to say his name because I hate him. Okay. Dr. Russell Jansen, he taught Greg Johnson how to do the ring dinger, right? Oh. So this guy's in Clearwater, right? He, he taught him how to do the ring dinger. He, again, lied his, lied his butt off to me. He had some solid space, had a couple treadmills in there, big open floor, solid area for some rehab space and an open room. So I did the exams and his rehab, which was, unweighted treadmill walking forward backwards and sideways as well as um a couple vibe plate exercises um i did the exams and rehab for him for three weeks he told me i could rent some space got all excited then he uh out of nowhere just started getting pissy with me and angry with me and i wasn't going to take it and then him and i went at it for about a day or two and then he's like are you gonna be my associate or what i'm gonna take a percentage of whatever whatever you bring in i was like hell no and then he, st- he started cursing me out in front of the patients. Dumb, <laughs> you're fucking stupid, you know, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And so I just walked out. I got my paycheck the next day. And at that point, that's when I realized I don't care what I have to do at this point. I'm just going to work for good people. Mm-hmm. I'm getting all the bad people out of my life. I don't care about the money, you know, all that stuff. I'm just going to work for good people because mentally and emotionally to keep me in this damn profession, I needed it. So the people sure. at the joint, they were very nice. So they're not doctors, the people that own the joint, right? So they're just business people. All they mm-hmm. care about is their business thriving. The doctor that we work with, the head head doctor, she is a big ACA, you know, FTCA, 
or she's more of a evidence-based Cairo, even though she works at the joint, but she had a horrible experience at a PI clinic where they needed two lawyers just to get her out of the damn contract. So wow. she was there. We don't say anything bad. We don't say subluxation. We don't do scare tactics. We even feel uncomfortable saying two times a week uh, for two weeks, selling people on that um, at the joint, which is a rack and crack, $10, a, $20 a visit type place. Right. So we don't do anything bad. Um, but they were good people to us and, we get paid doing it and again we don't say any any scare tactics in there at all surprisingly and we still do okay and our sales skills have increased dramatically so um you're scaring yeah, me well, with these stories yeah now. i don't want to go to tampa bro <laughs> uh well, it's not tampa it's pinellas county and i mean northern uh, pinellas county you know it's that old people uh i'm gonna stop right there because you know, <laughs> i have so many other comments that you know i'm not gonna piss anybody off anymore but yeah it just I found bad people and, you know, applying to a couple of the jobs. One of the old Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kairos, he, he wanted me and then he gave me an assignment. Remember when I texted Drew Raul about that yeah. research? So he wanted that within one hour, not the, and I sent it to him at the end of the day. He wanted me to stop what I was doing while I was at work and send it to him immediately. Then Sarah got the interview and he straight up told her, I don't like him. He doesn't work hard. Okay. So then he wanted Sarah but then he wanted a 10 do or a 10 mile non-compete and an uh, NDA signed and only wanted to pay her $40,000. Huh. Okay. So she's going to do your research and then work on all these top athletes with you and get 40 grand. Oh, and then we got another job opportunity with somebody else. Both of us offered 40, 40 K a year, $20 an hour. I didn't get three degrees to get paid $40 an hour. I'll go work at Publix. You're not going to ah. tell me. That. Yeah. And it was a, it was a position that we wanted too, but, we were thinking, why would we move, pay all that money? We're at my dad's house, so we don't have any rent. Mm -hmm. We're already, you know, I had just started working in Orange Theory at that point. So I'm working 30, she's working 40, and then we're putting the rest, every other hour we have, we're putting it towards the business. Why don't we just keep grinding and working towards our dream? That's what we've been doing, and it's been paying off. So... You, you know, the phrase, um, you know, chiropractic eats their young. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure there's some uh, pretty bad people out there. But just to hear, like, the hard examples about them, it's just like – and they yeah. they thrive, which is crazy to me. Is like They are thriving as a business because people don't want to do their due diligence, and they just put their sheer trust into the initials before your name. Yeah. yeah. No, mind. absolutely. And I mean, you know, there's also some blessings in disguise and all of that. Like I said, you know, uh, and I've been pretty vocal about this on social media. It's grow with the flow, kind of what Zach and Steph were doing over uh, Level Up, which I, I absolutely love that stuff. And, you know, with that, it's I've every single bad thing that has happened this year has gave me a lesson. Mm -hmm. Long term, short term, it's given me some sort of lesson. And that's how you have to approach this. If you approach this, that life sucks and blah, blah, blah. You're not going to get anywhere with this. And I've learned something from everything. Okay, the person in Orlando that wanted us to work with him, he, he wasn't doing anything special. He was doing exactly what we wanted to do. He just actually did it. The people at the CrossFit gym we were going to work with, all the other CrossFit gyms that we have gotten in with and talked with them and treat out of, every single one, once we said their name, said, holy crap, you guys were going to do that? They're the worst people in town. Literally, every athlete we've talked to, yeah, we went in there one time and we hated it. We hate those people. They're known as the worst gym in all of Pinellas County because they're just so rude and so mean to people. And guess what? They ended up hitting back, hitting us up saying, Hey man, you guys want the space for a reduced price? We said, hell no. Um, so again, blessing in disguise. Uh, you know, they, if you guys just wait and be patient and whoever's listening, just keep going and keep working on your dream. It's going to happen. And then like I was telling you in the beginning of this, things are starting to finally happen. And here I am 
you know, I'm not gonna lie. After I left that place today, I was, you should have seen me in my car fist pumping and <laughs> smiling and, you know, ear to ear, but it took time and it was a hard trail, but I'm getting there. It's work. I want to hear more about that. Like what, like, let's hear some more details about this, this contract that you secured. Yeah. So, um, I reached out to a guy, uh, on Instagram cause I just wanted to know about his facility. Cause I was like, man, this guy's got a great facility. And like I said, I don't have a care in the world if whether or not they read or actually reply to me. Um, and so I was talking to him about his facility. He's like, yeah, man, you can come on down. We can set up a time. I was like, sure. I went down there, uh, went to Tampa and here's this nasty building outside, right? On Nebraska Avenue in Tampa. Uh, it was an old soup kitchen and they turned it into a sports facility where they only train top of the line athletes. You're either an NFL athlete, free agent or a college athlete there, or same thing with the MLB in the MLB in the minor leagues or college athlete training to be there. Um, and there's two different trainers and it's literally, there's a combine training where they just started in uh, May. They just built this facility. Uh, they got batting cages, turf, a couple squat racks, uh, wood, uh, woodway treadmill, uh, the curve treadmill, skier, everything you want and plenty of space. And I, I was just asking about his facility, how much it cost, you know, cause I wanted the gym clinic hybrid and one day wanted to do that. And then he started asking me about me and my story and he had gotten screwed over or screwed over in Pinellas County and Clearwater and St. Pete area. So every gym that I named off that gave us, you know, quotes on rents and space, he's like, yeah, that I, same thing happened to me. They wanted me in there. They screwed me over. I worked for them for six months. They didn't pay me this and that. So all these gyms that we had thought we were going to get into, right. That either gave us ridiculous prices or, uh, you know, we thought were good, good ideas. There was some terrible backstory to that. We didn't know. But long story short, that contract that I secured is I will be working NFL Combine, uh, 16 NFL athletes from Ju uh, July, January to March. And then in the off season of the MLB, I will be treating uh, the MLB athletes in there. So, Damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All, all it took was an Instagram message. Uh, I I treated literally today, again, I can't say names, but two NFL athletes. And here I am still working at the joint in Orange Theory and then having these terrible stories. But at the same time, I can say within six months of graduating, I'm already chasing my dream of being a sports-based Cairo and working with top-of-the-line athletes. So, awesome. yeah, so if you made it this far in the podcast, uh, I'm sorry for the rant. No, people people come for the rant. I'm right? enjoying this podcast more than I have been the last couple of weeks. Now, I, let's draw a comparison here with treatment. I mean, everyone's a human for sure. But, like, when you're dealing with an NFL athlete and then somebody like a Gen Pop or a Rack and Crack at the joint, how does that differ? I know that you have constraints with working at the joint. They're not going to probably give you as much time as you would. But let's – I'm just curious, would you treat somebody differently because they have higher skill set when it comes to physicality? Uh, treat them differently because of higher skills in regards to, again, athletes, one, they can be very needy. Uh, <laughs> they can, and don't, they know that too, but athletes, most of them want that acute change, right? They want to see that dramatic instant gratification difference. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously it is, they know there's a long-term game cause they've been in it for a while, but you know, if you can get a guy that's at a seven out of 10 pain back down to a three out of 10, and he's got a training session next morning, mm -hmm. mentally, that's going to help him. Um, you know, long-term again, that's, you're kind of feeding into that stuff, but uh, a regular patient, it takes a little, a little bit more 
of a slower process education re-education phase um again if you're you become the chiropractor for the tampa bay buccaneers and you're not putting your hands on them they're gonna let you go in a heartbeat Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know um but i mean i wouldn't say i mean there is a line of treating different in the sense of i would say there's more of an acute goal with that high level of an athlete and then with the patient like a general gen pop patient there's definitely a longer term plan there mm-hmm. so not that there's not with the athletes but you also have to provide those services that they're expecting in that in that uh initial stage right i working with the athletes that i've worked with uh through the strength and conditioning realm uh i definitely agree with that it's more so like you can explain them they instant gratification that's the theme that i i've gotten across to a lot of people i work with for example I wanted to teach them the system of RPE. RPE is the future of training. You know, you can train based off of how you were feeling that day. So you don't overtrain. So I'm just trying to explain, I have the chart in front of me. I'm like, Hey, look at this man. And there's like, you know, just tell me how much weight to put on the bar, you know? So it's kind of that same mindset where it's just like, I really don't care what's wrong with me. I do to a point, but you're the doctor. Can you fix me right now? Yep. Yep. And I think first thing they asked was, Hey, where's the hypervolt? Where's the Normatec food? That, I mean, but then again, the, the trainer in there, he's got them. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to bring to the table? Hell, uh, more hypervolts. You know? <laughs> Magic hands, man. I have like, like my Instagram post, I have two massage guns. <laughs> I'm a sports based guy. No, I mean, yeah, literally uh, a kid walked in, you know, uh, for the uh, MLB thing. And he, he brought his own hypervolt, his own massage gun, but, you know, and they have their cupping sets in there. Well, okay. Well, now, now what, folks? All I can do is crunch them? No, I mean, again, for me, I may, I helped secure that because of my strength and conditioning background. You know, some of the letters after my name came in play, and, you know, it's like, okay, well, I actually do need some help with that, and if you can do best of both worlds, and then, again, when we need you to be the sports med guy, you and Dr. Sarah are going to come in, and you guys are going to work with that. I mean, any, and he's like, dude, I can stretch anybody out myself. I can hire a sports medicine intern in undergrad you can stretch mm-hmm. an athlete out if you're not going to provide high level care give my athletes some reassurance give their agents some reassurance that they're in the right place then can then get out mm-hmm. so i mean with with us him and i we're going to put a professional packet together and we got to reach out to agents to try and get these athletes in to show them hey we've got the stuff you know we've got the best of both worlds he used to work strength conditioning with the cincinnati Bengals. And then, you know, you have my aspect where I can do a little bit of both. And then again, you've got Dr. Sarah, who's also just going to be doing on the treating side. Right. Um, So then again, with that, they can at least feel comfortable that their athletes are going to the right place. One of them, one of the people that I treated today, once he found out about us and what we do, he was instantly bought in because he went to a place called hundred percent chiropractic. And you can imagine what that was like. They told this guy who was in the NFL that his atlas was out of place and he needed to sign a $2,000 care plan. Okay, you're going to look at a wide receiver, an NFL athlete, and tell him, yeah, he's probably taking some trauma to that neck, but his hip pain, his anterior hip pain is coming from his atlas out. Okay. Uh, cool. <laughs> put Perfect. guy, thumbs up meme. It just doesn't make sense. Like the whole argument, like, I don't know, just like, you know, all right, I'm going to realign your atlas just so you can put your helmet on that's, you know, five to 10 pounds and go get put into a collision. The Atlas isn't going to move. Yeah. Yeah. Well, (laughs) no, exactly. Exactly. But 
One thing that did help me out, I mean, for me, I was also the campus representative for the Pro Football Chiropractic Society. Mm-hmm. And we had gone to Indianapolis and hung out with all those good docs. And, you know, to us as students, they're celebrities. Like, wow, they're working with these high-level athletes all the time. You know, oh, what are you doing, doc? What are you doing? Every single one of them said the same thing. Be a good doctor. Be a good person. That's it. And these, these athletes, one thing that you got to know about athletes is – once they like someone, once they love someone, they're not leaving them. Yeah. One dude flew from Chicago just to train with this trainer. Okay, he's going to live in Chicago for five months to train for this combine, or live in Tampa when he lives right. in Chicago to train for this combine because he loves what this guy does. He's that bought in. And if you can do that with an athlete, you're going to change their life. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm there for it. I, I'm going to be that guy. Not I want to be that guy. I am going to be that guy. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully. <laughs> you will, you will. Now, like, you know, working with NFL athletes and working for the Combine, there's going to be the specific drills that they always go through. Let's say the 225-pound bench and then the 40-yard dash. And you're, you're going to be facilitating some of this training. I'm assuming the program will be coming from the main guy. But Yeah. I, go, go ahead. On. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, like, so, I mean, let's just, I was curious if you wanted to do a thought experiment and just say, now you're the head programmer. And I was just curious, because, like, there's a lot of different methods that people approach. Like, for example, the 225 bench press. Some people will say, well, let's just get you as strong as possible, because if 225 is, you know, 30% of your max bench press versus 50% of your max bench press, obviously, you're going to get more reps out of the tank. Versus some people, it's just like, why don't we just build your capacity at 225? Like, let's get you to a maybe a 365 bench press max, but then let's just start crushing 225. I just wanted to hear, like, if you had to program for, let's say, the 225 bench press and the 40-yard dash, what would be some methods that you would like to employ? Uh, power is going to be your best friend, uh, for me, at least, in regards to my philosophy training. So more power training first, and then getting that overall strength. Just for the sake of, if okay, if this if today is September whatever, and they have the combine in January, that's a decent amount of time to build some overall strength. But these guys are also doing position work first thing in the morning before the heat gets them. They're also doing film work, right? And then you're gonna ask them to come in and just do max effort bench and try and get as strong as you can. There's some possibility every now and again, but just by themselves, right? Not taking any other care, doing any, anything else, and working out four or five days a week. Again, you have to look at that workload. Is that going to be too much on them? And for, again, wide receivers, which, again, DBs and wide receivers are commonly what he gets in, mm-hmm. you know, do they really need to have a 400 bench? Right. And that's, again, we can sit here and argue about that. But, again, in regards to the 225, is that going to help? Potentially, but a, a lot of power training, a lot of explosive stuff is also going to help with that. So because it turns over towards their sport and it turns over towards the weight floor. Mm-hmm. And then just to, to talk about the 40-yard dash, um, I, I'm, I was talking to him about this earlier. I'm absolutely but surely getting into just like, you know, sprint mechanics and training with sprinting. And it, it was like a light bulb moment where I realized a lot of trainers are almost afraid to, to program like field work as for like, for, so for example, Right, we're doing legs today, right? Like you'll see this this beautiful layout of just squat, power clean, whatever in the weight room, but then yeah. they'll just kind of throw them out in the field and say, all right, run these arbitrary sprints. Yeah. But the, but you got to realize like if you're truly looking for 
a faster human being or just like more power output, I would say sprinting is, is the hierarchy. It's the top of the hierarchy. You know, you're, yeah. you, you, that's not only a lot on the, the, the tissue, but tendons and then yeah. also the central nervous system. Of course. Yeah, no, I mean, loading that body up is definitely going to help um, getting a lot of those reps in, especially for the technique and building that power and exploding is absolutely going to be great. Again, finding that happy medium between, okay, what's going to push them? And then what's going to cause that hamstring strain? Because we just did 75 40-yard dash runs at max effort. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> so finding that beautiful blend, which again, that's where the art comes in. Mm-hmm. No, you, you can't look at anybody, especially with these elite level trainers in any professional sport and say, they've all got the same plan that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, we'd, if we had the secret sauce, if we had Mike's secret stuff from Looney Tunes or uh, Space Jam, yeah, we'd all be drinking that. I don't know. I mean, with all this, I mean, personally, I'm not going to cross that line with him mm-hmm. in regards to the trainer. I'm going to, when he wants me to, what he wants me to do, which is most of the strength stuff, I'll, I'll do that. Right. You know, I have, you know, background in some of the speed stuff. I have a technical speed and explosiveness certification for my master's program, but heck no, I haven't. I, that's not my... I'm not the fastest guy. You probably saw me running on that treadmill. I'm <laughs> yeah, technique plays into it. There's all sorts of stuff. The explosiveness comes into it, but that's where the power work comes in. Mm-hmm. That's where the light to moderate heavy or mo- light to moderate weights, but moving as fast as you can. Yeah. And so one fun thing. So on our Instagram uh, name drop at strength, uh, at strength by Cairo, by the way, uh, the feet one that we did about the ugly feet, Mm-hmm. Right? Did you see those top athletes' feet? So one of the guys, you know, hopefully he doesn't listen to this. His big toe is all the way touching his third toe. And the first thing I said to him was, uh, "Damn, biomechanically that makes no sense. You run a four six. You don't have any force production through that foot. That big toe isn't even touching the ground. How is all that force coming up?" He's like, "I don't know. I just wear my cleats." And he <laughs> said, the, "He said the same thing. He's like, bro, have you ever looked at LeBron's feet? Those are nasty." And then, okay, well, then I went back at him. I was like, you know what? That makes – I'm going to come right back at you. I believe that. I shouldn't have even said that because Usain Bolt has scoliosis and an anatomical short leg, and he's the fastest dude in the world. Mm-hmm. So, again, but he's got proper programming, proper recovery. Yep. He's doing the right stuff, and he sprints a lot. Mm-hmm. So, And he's fast. <laughs> Just By a little. the way, that Usain Bolt, uh, again, a man of analogies over here, patience – when they come to you and they say, oh, my leg is short, I love saying that to put them in their place rather than saying, well, well, legs don't actually go short, you know, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of differences. Because when they're like, oh, yeah, my hips are out, they plop on the table and you don't look at their legs. They're like, am I off? Well, <laughs> well, actually, I'm actually not going to take a look because fun fact, you know, Usain Bolt, he's got scoliosis and he's got a sh- anatomically short leg and it doesn't bother him. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. If it's if it's good enough for an Olympian, it's good enough for me. Yeah, uh, try. I mean, again, it's that's a different patient reeducation and just finding your way how to explain it and not fumbling over the words because you saw it one time on an Instagram post or an <laughs> article on what to say, how to say it. So yeah. w- working on that stuff that that that's crucial. And I I learned right then and there in that moment. I was like, man, that doesn't make sense. And I was talking out loud to him and then he called me out and then I was like, yeah, damn, you're right. Cool. Went from there. And he liked that. He liked that. I was open to learning that. So. 
Now, to the last question that I would like to ask you is because it's been mentioned in, in reference a couple times from you is, you know, you're working towards your dream. And I just would like for you to paint the picture of what that dream is. I'm assuming it is a some sort of complex with strength and rehabilitation, but what does it look like? Where is it going to be? Yeah, absolutely. So right now, I mean, the goal uh, is get into uh, another fitness facility. We're su- supposed to take a room out of a powerlifting gym. Uh, for very low price and just see how we can do for business for now. But then also this facility, which it was just brought on me uh, today, they also want to have me in there eventually full time starting uh, after the combine. Um, you know, there's going to be a fee and everything associated with it, but their long-term plan is again, a sports medicine and sports performance facility. Mine was just to add the sports medicine to some sort of CrossFit sports performance facility. But then down the line, 10, 15 year plan is to, run a big one and then also expand it to where I can have contractors. Hey, I'm going to put you in this gym. You know, we get a percentage here. I'm going to put you in this gym and then take over Pinellas and Hillsborough County of, you know, the docks in the gyms and in these facilities because, you know, they've, most of these sports performance places, they've had, you know, people in and out and something happened and they weren't already there. So a lot of people are already familiar with what we do. It's just a matter of showing your value and getting that. So I'm going to get there. And whether it's going to be more in Tampa and less in Pinellas County or more in Pinellas County and more in Hillsborough County, uh, it's, that's my goal is get into a facility, run it, maybe own my own thing where I run everything and then go from there. But for right now, one year plan, build a solid team around me of good people, people that want to work hard, people that want to grind and that we have a plan long term and we're going to grow together. So that's awesome. I mean, and you also mentioned the whole, uh, potential that you're thinking about uh doing seminars right yeah yeah um so in regard, yeah in regards to seminars it's more of a way to get into facilities without just uh hey i'm just gonna stand there with a the table and smile and hope somebody comes up to me in the middle of their wad yeah. no <laughs> uh, yeah i mean for example we're doing uh low back pain in the barbell athlete at a powerlifting gym they're again they're all very uh you know high powerlifting athletes and I'm not going to walk in there, you know, just say, Hey, you got come, come in the room. I'm here now. And they're going to sign up. No, I have to show them. I know how to communicate with them. Uh, I can get on their level. I can speak their language. And then when they're in need of me, we'll go from there. And then again, what, with their programming, I may modify a little bit of it, but I'm going to call their coach almost immediately after and be like, Hey, this is what we worked on today. Like you're handling that stuff. I'm not going to cross that line. Here's what I, you know, here are my thoughts. What do you have to say? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, knowing your place and then also not being afraid to call other people in. Uh, you know, I know we all think we can get it all done ourselves, but sometimes just let the stress of all that go to somebody else. Yeah. Do what you do best and then put it on them. Is there any head scratchers that you come across when it comes to treating somebody? Like, you like you, you kind of like, you know, playing it cool. Like, you know, you have all this confidence in the world, but in the back of your head, you're like, I have no clue what I'm doing right now. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. Absolutely. Um, I referred a lady out for a stroke because she had uh, uh, anisocoria, like really, really bad. And it was my first time meeting her. And then her lip was a little droopy um, and she was pretty slow to talk. Like I'm in real serious pain. And then her husband was like, yeah, her eyes were even worse earlier in the day and she was dropping stuff. What do you know? It's just, uh, here's a one that you don't hear often. Uh, T1, T2, 
And then, yeah, T1, T2, T2, T3, T3, T4 disc herniation. And their idea in the hospital was that it was causing such a sympathetic response, her body was going into shock. Wow. And she wasn't in any major accident or anything, but, but, and I know disc herniations and MRIs, we can go again on a tangent on that, but she was in such severe pain and having such a bad response that I was like, oh, this is one of those. Okay. Like, but I was completely wrong. And I talked to her, I was like, that's, you know, I'm sorry, but I wanted to cover my basis. And in the amount of pain you were in, I'm not going to thrust through that puppy anyways. And no manual therapy, no McKenzie exercise, no, you know, YTWs is going to get you out of that with as much as pain and as much of a response you were having. So All right. other head scratchers, uh, ooh. Mm-hmm. I, that's going to, that's going to be a while to think about, but there's definitely been plenty of times where it's like, yeah, well, uh, you don't have to cut anything off, so that's good. Um, <laughs> I actually do use that. Um, I do. after. That's one of my first things after an exam. It's good news. We don't have to cut anything off today. I think we're going to be able to save all the limbs. They like that. <laughs> then I use that on a guy who had, like, two fingers. Oh. So, yeah. So, that's good. You, you live and you learn. You live and you learn. But that's when laughs. you commit hard and you point at the hand like, do you get it? Do you get it? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, again, you know, and that's the kind of doc I am, I guess. I'm not going to be the very, oh, okay, so we're going to do this, this, and this. Like, I like to have fun no matter where I'm at, you know. Like the guys I was with today, there was a couple, you know, F-bombs here. We're talking mm-hmm. some trash, talking about if MJ or Kevin Durant were better, or LeBron <laughs> or Kevin Durant, who's better. You know, just having fun with the patients, being you. People love that stuff, dude. Yep. So, they see you're genuine. That's it. Got any more questions? Uh, if I have any more, I'm just going to text you. Because inevitably what yeah. happens is as soon as he's going to, like, hit the end record button, I'm going to be like, oh, this would have oh, yeah. been great. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and I know a lot of that was ranting, but feel free to hit me up. I mean, again, uh, my Instagram is camg31. My other one is Strength Spine Cairo. We're we're working. I'm honest. Again, I'm I'm not gonna bullcrap anybody. Uh, I'm not living the dream in regards to money, uh, but I am living my dream and working towards that. So if you wanna, you know, ask some questions or anything about that, please let me know. I'll give you all the bad stories. I'll tell you everything we've gone through, everything we've done, what we should have done better. You know, who I can direct you to, who I know, you know, who could be a better person to answer that. I will absolutely do that. So. Sweet. I'll add both of your Instagram handles and your website to the show notes just in case someone cool. wants to reach yeah, out, man. Hey, man. I appreciate you guys for having me. I mean, you guys are blowing up. You guys are awesome. And you guys are almost there. Keep pushing through. Uh, this is where Fingers it gets crossed. fun for you. I mean, yes. getting into clinic, getting your boards done, you guys will pass. Don't worry. If I can get a perfect score on the part that I thought I did the worst on, you guys will pass. <laughs> so, 